Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Okay, this week's talking points headed by syndicates. The two minute clock are ready to go. And I'm going to come to Dave first of all on this. Uh, EPDS, the latest racing syndicate that looks as if it's on the brink of folding. Um, it's yet another one, Dave. How does the sport of racing protect? Uh, itself from this happening again. Right, well, well I think that this is obviously something now that the BHA has to look at. Syndicates are uh, traditionally in this country a, a way whereby not only can uh, a person of average or lower income club together with other people of, of similar financial clout stroke lack of to own horses, but they've also been a very good way of selling the sport to uh, to the general public in that you you can actually enjoy the thrill of ownership yourself not by being an oil shake or being some big city financier but just with clubbing together with a, lo a load of other people now obviously in the last few months there have been a rash of stories the racing post has covered this uh, the daily mail marcus townend has, has also been uh, at the front uh, of the field on this and perhaps it's time for the BHA to look at this with regard to, you know, r ramping up the qualifications for fit, uh, fit and proper people uh, to run syndicates. Because yeah. probably more so than, OK, I, I promise I'll mention the whip once and once only on this programme, but probably more so than stories like that of a jockey getting a whip ban. What the public don't want to hear, particularly those who are teetering on the edge of being interested in racing, is stories of uh, collapse of syndicates yeah. whereby it's seen as something as a, a, a bit of a con where people have wasted their money. Uh, Harry, you rode uh, a Midland Park horse yesterday to victory a at, very good at, at Haydock, yeah. and they have made a success of syndicates. What do you think is the key ingredient? Well, obviously, you need the right horses. Uh, with anything, <laughs> you need the ammunition. But they obviously are going out. Then they know the sort of horses that they need to, to, to be getting, and, the, and they're doing it the right way. It's, it's working for them. Uh, and James, Australia have made a great, uh, and America, it's great for syndicates out there. They work two different ways. In Australia, they're much like here, with people getting involved uh, kind of who can't afford necessarily a whole horse, and they've been very successful there. Um, but in America, they're used in a subtle and interesting way, which I think people over here should use, which is that major owners syndicate themselves together uh, mm. so that they can spread the risk of acquiring horses at the yearling sales that are otherwise very expensive to buy as a certain item. Um, and you see Windstar Farm in yeah. America and the China Horse Club all over the world have kind of formed these syndicates. Coolmore, after all, he's sort of the syndicate <laughs> yes, really, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. And of um, course Godolphin originally. Yeah, the Maxim family together. Yeah. Well, some of Hamdan's yeah. finest mares were subsumed by the organisation yeah. over the years. So. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, yeah. I think that the, the point here, though, is regulation, isn't it? Is Indeed. that right? Am I right? Due yeah, diligence so. on syndicates. Yeah, and I think I start think, up. I think yeah. Dave's spoken well, and I think you do need to. We do need to tighten up on these things. They're not a license. Yes. Not I'm suggesting this one, but they're not in general a license to separate people from their cash for, you know, like charities. Some charities are. Yes. <laughs> we're, still, <coughs> we're still in the week uh, yeah. of the or post week after the derby and as has been the case in many a year. Uh, the subject of a Wednesday derby keeps cropping its head back up, Dave. Where do you stand on well, derby going I, back? I, I'm against it. I, I, I broached this on Racing TV last Saturday. Just I thought that the debate would reopen because of the Champions League final. It's the, it's the first time that there's been a final between two English 
clubs in a Champions League final on a Saturday. Remember the the Chelsea Man United game a few years ago was on a Wednesday, and it's just something that l- last week's derby was pretty difficult to sell, largely because yeah. it was uh, you had uh, Anthony Joshua, you had the Cricket World Cup, you had uh, interest obviously in the the Nations League, uh, and of course. Uh, the Champs League final. So that was hard to sell. Uh, I don't think it should come back. I think with this thing about the hill, what what we need to get round is you, you you just need to put on something like the Heart FM Roadshow. That will bring loads of people onto it. They might not be great racing enthusiasts, mm. but if you want to if you want the hill covered in people, that's pretty much what you're gonna have to look at, I suspect. James, is the is the Derby Epsom, Epsom officials seem to say they're not changing it. So why are we even having the debate? Why shouldn't we just concentrate on making it better where it is? I think we need something to talk about sometimes. I mean, I don't have a view on this, really. <laughs> I'm not against all four. I can see the arguments on both sides. I, I think horse racing needs to become more interesting, I think. I th- don't think it's exploring its potential to be interesting. It's interesting to those who have got a horse, who have got a runner, who, are, who know a jockey or are a jockey or are a trainer or know a trainer or work in a yard. But to the outside guy, there's no way in. They don't have any way in. Markets are incredibly difficult to beat. Hobbyist punters are disappearing from the sport in their thousands because they're doing their brains. Mm. They can't beat syndicates that have got data that they don't have. And I think, generally speaking, the sport's not exploring its full potential to, to excite the man on the street. And I think it's that which is the problem for the derby, not really what day that it's run on, in, in my view. OK. Uh, John Galston's filly, Anna Perna, won the Oaks at Epsom. Connections, Harry, have taken the decision to give her a bit of a break, come back later in the autumn. They've mentioned a couple of very big targets, Irish champion potentially, and the arc. Uh, are they doing the right thing with this filly, and is there something that you've seen in the way she's raced that makes you think that that's what she should be doing, having a bit of a break and coming back? Well, I'm certainly not in a position to be saying that uh, John Gosden is not doing the right thing with her. I mean, he obviously knows the filly and what's best for her, but there are certainly some, some really big targets to go for towards the end of the season, which he's, he's highlighted. And I suppose t- to go from now all the way through and then expect to be running well in those big races at the end of the season is, is no mean feat. So perhaps um, giving her an easier time now is, is the right thing. She's done a lot already so far this season, James. I mean, how good was her Oaks win, in your opinion? Uh, not that great. I thought she was the third best horse on the day, according to sectional times. Pink Dogwood was the best, and Fleeting was the second best. Um, but she might have, as Harry's, I think he's summed it up very well, Harry. I think, they think you, you've got to map out a programme, leave it to the people that have the horse. and they I think it's a general point, if I may make this general point. Mm-hmm. Horses are not raced enough. I think I don't understand why people find a reason not to run all the time. And it's almost like that they're trying to sort of offset the disappointment for their owners a lot of the time. And they, they're looking upon horse racing, some trainers, as a sort of bed and breakfast business, just to keep the horse in the yard as long as possible. And the more times you run it, the more it loses its value. Because it is an economic fact that owning horses is massively negative EV. And therefore, the more you run them, the more they lose their value. It's a bit like a car taking a new car out of the showroom. The moment, moment it actually tries to race, it loses its value. And so I think... We need to encourage uh, people to run their horses more often rather than waiting six weeks between runs, even with ordinary horses. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? I mean, the ordinary horses can run more often than every six weeks, which is about the average, but they don't because 
I don't think trainers like disappointing their owners. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You'll have to ask trainers. I don't know. Speaking of trainers, uh, the next person or the next subject on this week's Talking Points is a retiring trainer, admittedly after Ron Ascot. Jeremy Nasida, Dave. Yeah, I, I, I was very surprised by this. I know that uh, the Nasida camp, that the... The numbers have gone down in, in previous years. Uh, Jeremy Nasida is 55, I believe. Um, I was surprised and I was disappointed. You know, it, it's no great secret that we've had our differences over the years. Uh, I should also say that at uh, the Dante meeting, uh, Jeremy very kindly sponsored, belatedly, my Land's End John O'Groats by Red. Sorry, I know I've never mentioned it before. I did it in 2014. Um, but... Um, a, a, a hugely able trainer. Uh, I think that probably a guy who I, I suspect from looking in from the outside, someone who's better at training horses maybe than dealing politically with owners, but that's, that's just my uh, view, but hugely able. One of the rising stars of, of his profession uh, when he took over, obviously time with John Dunlop, John Gosden, Godolphin... Uh, I, I sincerely hope that he comes back and that we can cross swords uh, again in in the next uh, few years. Any thoughts on Jeremy Nasida's training career? Some of the horses that stood out for you during that time? Well, to, I, I'm not, I haven't been someone who's ridden an awful lot for Jeremy over the years, so um, I'm probably not not in a position to to, to sort of say too much. But um, yeah, obviously he's had a had a fantastic career and some 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 big highlights. Yeah, I Soldier's Tail winning at Ascot. He was a also had a lot of problems when he won the I think it was the Golden Jubilee or Diamond. It was, yeah, it was the Golden. It's amazing the training for He he's yeah. very capable of, of on on the big day, wasn't he? Of, of Laddie's poker too. Oh, I never forget that. I think you could probably name like at least a dozen instances during his career when you thought he's good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, at training, and so it's a shame that he's departed in the profession. I don't know yeah. quite what the reasons are, but I suspect it's failing horsepower. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't had many group winners for a while, which again is just must be a reflection of his horsepower because it's certainly not a reflection of his capabilities. Indeed. Um, and uh, Wilco, his training of that horse was Tremendous. outstanding. Yeah, Wilco. Yeah. Uh, some great stories about, uh, about could, Wilco not on, being he's... right before the race and Jeremy uh, working miracles to get that horse to win the, the Breeders' Cup. You know, a hugely able practitioner and, mm. you know, I'm not going to make any silly puerile jokes, a, 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 a situation whereby his retirement leaves... The, po the sport, the poorer. Oh. Mm. Yeah, Fair enough. Uh, another retirement, someone who's, whose name has been mentioned by uh, this, this trainer, Nicky Henderson, uh, countless times over the last 40 years or so. Uh, Corky Brown uh, announced earlier this week that he, he's calling it a day. Uh, Dave, I don't think... I don't think Nicky Henderson, any post-race interview for any grade <laughs> one winner, has failed to mention Corky <laughs> Brown, has he? Is that right? Yeah. Probably not. I mean, the, um, yeah. he's been such a, a huge part of the training operation at Nicky Henderson's, hasn't he, uh, over the decades. I mean, it's, it's really, it's almost impossible to imagine the place without him. Uh, for Again, I don't want to sound like some troublemaker, but <laughs> Nicky, Nicky Henderson and I have, have had our uh, differences. It's not me, it's them. Um, <laughs> but... One thing that I always enjoyed uh, was m interacting with Corky Brown. You know, the, the, uh, a trilbid figure at the races, yeah. uh, obviously an, an amazing empathy with the thoroughbred, this benign presence with a rather impish grin, softly spoken, and, and 
I, I always uh, always enjoyed uh, even if I wasn't even if I was out of favour with the boss. Uh, it was always very comforting to go and talk to Corky yeah. about certain horses and, and his as I say his love for and empathy with them shone through. He's always a, always a, a mythical yeah. A mythical figure, yeah. In because in, 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 you never, you never often saw him. Occasionally, you might get a glimpse of him, but you would hear about yeah. this this figure. It's hugely him. to Nicky Henderson's credit when you think about it, isn't it? <laughs> there are certain trainers that never mention any of their staff and almost yeah. blanch at the when, when they're brought up in front of them, as if yeah. it might be bad for business to credit anybody else. But yeah, it, it, you're right. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, even from yeah. The, from my earliest memories of watching jump racing, he was often mentioned on the BBC <laughs> yeah. and yeah. stuff, wasn't he? Who is this? And, and pr thoroughly deserving character. Yeah, we yeah. wish him the very best in yeah, the time. But as everybody yeah. says, he's, he's going to be there. He's going to be around the yard anyway. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on and talk about uh, prize money in relation to, to Royal Ascot. Now, Harry, for someone who, who knows the international scene quite well, there's chat about the fact that the Australian horses aren't coming over in the numbers that they had previously. A race like the Everest, for example, is a big draw to keep the top sprinters there. Do you think... Um, you know, prize money at Ascot matches the stature that uh, we give the the meeting at the Royal Meeting. Well, possibly not. I mean, um, it, with the Everest being on, it seems. It, I mean, it makes you wonder why why would they come over to to Royal mm. Ascot? There doesn't seem a, a lot to, to sort of lure yep. them in. Um, you know, they have to travel an awful long way, which can some horses just don't take well. So, I mean, if you ask me, I don't see why why they would. I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. I mean, why why would you want to travel all that way? I mean, it's obviously they, a, a they, running theme with Winks for all those years. Well, they come for the jelly bean, don't they? They come for the Queen. They, they come because Royal Ascot trades on it being a, a unique situation that they, they will never forget if they succeed. However, as I said earlier on this week, I, I'm massively worried about this in the long run. I think British racing is so complacent about this prestige and how it fills the gap of prize money. I mean, they run state-bred maiden races in New York for 100,000 now. Why the dickens would you have a horse trained here if you're a businessman? Some who have got, like, a transatlantic office, yeah. or... It makes no sense, and now people are beginning to mm. wake up to that. And as the economic situation around the world changes and is in flux, and the Chinese subsume even more of the world's working capital than they had previously, it, 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 it only takes a small shift... Uh, in the way that people view their money and view their investment in horse racing to cause a tectonic change in the state mm. of racing here. We are so, so complacent about our racing here. And, uh, you know, the always British this is better than anything else in the world, mm. British that is better than anything else. Well, well, it ain't anymore. And when you look how vibrant racing is in Australia, and even America's starting to catch up as well, yeah. having gone through a period in the doldrums, I think we... It, I really believe there should be a council of war at the moment. I don't think people are anywhere near urgent enough about what's happening and what's going on, and, okay. and making racing entertaining is all part of it. Luckily, at Royal Ascot, there are still some clashes that we will be excited by, assuming that everyone turns up fit and well. Uh, the racing post today have gone hard uh, on blue points against Batash in the King stand. Don't forget Mab's Cross as well. We've touched on yeah. Sea of Class, etc., uh, in the Prince of Wales' stakes. And there's some other good races uh, in the Gold Cup. There's the potential of mm. Stradivarius against Cross Counter and even Kew Gardens. Should oh, yeah. protections potentially go for that race? Yeah. Um, Dave, it still pulls in 
some very good horses, obviously, and we have on, on our hands at the Royal Meeting some very, very uh, sellable clashes. Yes, we have, and uh, obviously I, I agree with the point that, that, race, that, that racing has traded, British racing has traded on its prestige for uh, too long. Ascot, obviously a wonderful meeting, the ladies in their finery, the gentlemen in their silk toppers. Um, <laughs> but, that's uh, absolutely jumbo. <laughs> Where could I? The, no, the, um, uh, the interesting thing that you've mentioned, Rishi, <laughs> that all those horses that you've mentioned in those three races, what's the, what's the common theme? They're not stable mates. Cross counter, yeah. Stradivarius, yeah. Q Gardens, Q Gardens, yeah. uh, Batash, Blue Point, Mavs Cross, yeah. Crystal Ocean, Massar, Massar, sea, sea of Glass. Right? There are no stable mates point. there, and that Strong. makes it easier to sell from a journalistic point of view and that to return to the Wednesday derby this year was a problem uh, the, the the lads at Coolmore have given the derby great support for commercial reasons not for not as a charity but it's mm. Much easier to sell a sport when you've got different yards in opposition rather than seven horses yeah. uh, running from the same stable. Harry, what's the clash you, you'd be most excited to see at Royal Ascot? I think I think Massar coming back against CF Class for me Great. would be would be the standout. Yeah. Um, I think obviously seeing him come back from from last year. Okay. It's uh, an exciting one. Have you got a, a topper for Royal Ascot? Uh, I've got one, but. Dave's trying to sell me one. <laughs> <laughs> outed! Outed! Excellent, Harry. That's brilliant. You made my day. Uh, that has been brilliant. this week's talking points. <laughs> Tremendous. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell Dubai.